please stand with us and sing. Maybe you're staying away from the snow. I know even I don't want snow anymore. Uh, so if that's you, I understand. But welcome to worship, all of you. And now, friends, the peace of Christ be with you all. And let us greet one another. Good morning, kids. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. 
and let us gather in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you this morning, and Lord, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and bless us with your power this morning. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. All right, are you kiddos ready for a children's moment? Yes. Okay. So now it's time for a children's moment. Now right here, I have a whole ton of dimes. Does anybody know how much a dime is worth? How much? Ten cents. Good job. It's worth ten cents. So we have these coins that are worth ten cents. Now right here, I have at least 30 of these of these dimes, which means that I have $3. Now, if I go to the store and I know I have $3 and I want to buy something that's $3, but I lose one of my coins, what does that mean? I, I wouldn't have enough money to buy what I wanted, right? So if I was at Five Below, do you guys ever like going to Five Below? If I was at Five Below and I found something that was $3 and I wanted to buy this thing that was $3, but then I was holding my change and then I lost one of my dimes and I no longer had enough money to buy that thing I wanted that was $3, what do you think I would start doing? What? I would be sad. What else would I do? Exactly. I would search. I would start looking for it. I would look all over the floor for this coin, right? If, I, if there was something I really wanted to buy, I would look all over the place with it. And then once I found this one coin that meant I could get the thing I wanted, how do you think I would feel then? Happy. I would feel super happy. And then I'd get to go buy that toy that I wanted. So there's a story that Jesus tells us in the Bible. A lot. There's actually three stories that Jesus tells us, but one is about coins. And he says, imagine if you lose one coin, but you need that coin, you're going to search all over the place until you find it. And when you find it, you're going to be so, so happy. And that's what God is like with us. Sometimes we get a little lost. Sometimes we get overwhelmed with silliness. Anybody get a case of the silly? Sometimes we aren't always the nicest people. Anybody sometimes do things that's a little bit mean? Yeah, and you know, God tells us that when we come back to God and when we realize that we've made a mistake and we want to, to do what's right again, that God is so, so happy. God is absolutely happy with us and rejoicing. God is just as happy for us as we would be if we were at Five Below and we lost one of our coins, but then we found it and we could buy that toy that we wanted. So I want you guys to remember this. God is so happy every time we come back to God. What's up, bud? That is a really good point. But there do, it's also things that are below. So there are some things that are $3. You're correct. Yeah, I should have probably grabbed 50 coins, and then I could have used a $5 thing. You are very, very smart, buddy. Yeah. What's up? Did you find them? Oh, if you ever do find them, how happy are you going to feel? Pretty happy. All right, so I want you guys to each take one of these coins. Here, do you want to hold your sister's coin? Because I don't want to give her her coin, because I don't want her to put it in her mouth. Everybody take a coin, and I want you to hold on to this coin. You can do whatever your heart desires with this coin, but I want you to think about this coin and think about how happy God is whenever we are lost. Did you get one, bud? And then we are found. Here, big kids, you guys can have coins too. There you go. 
You get your coin to remember also. So I want us to hold on to this coin and think about this story and think about how God, how God is so happy whenever we are returning to God. And now let's stand up and let's say a prayer. Stand up and say a prayer. <clears throat> Let's pray. Holy and loving God, we turn to you this morning. And Lord, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us and help us to remember you always. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. And you can go off to Sunday school. Go, my children, with my blessing ever alone. Waking, sleeping, I am with you, you are my own. In my love's baptismal river, I have made you mine forever. Go, my children, with my blessing, you are my own. And now I do have one announcement for you, or a couple actually, and anybody else that has any announcements can come forward at this time. I do want to announce that we had a very successful community dinner last night, and we served, uh, I think, about 150 people, but we have leftovers because we were prepared to serve more than 200 people, to tell you the truth, but uh, we have lots of leftovers, and we know our leftovers, by the time Monday is over after the food pantry, they're always all gone. So if you want to take any mac and cheese home with you, there's uh, some meals in the fridge. There's also just some separate items of mac and cheese. You are welcome to go into the fridge and take any home with you and enjoy some lunch. Good morning. Good morning. Glad it's warm in here. It's not so nice outside. But we are still ordering flowers for Easter. So next Sunday, April 3rd, is the last day to order. And um, there's a little box behind there, or you can go on Breeze to order online. And one thing I want to do is give a shout-out to Debbie Williams for putting, for doing all these awesome programs that we've had. Dawn is doing exercises. <laughs> we were there yesterday. Um, and she put on, she's doing a CPR class that's coming up. And it's just awesome. So if you have a chance for an hour to spend and hear some good information, um, it's because of Debbie. So thank you so much. Thank you, Joyce. Good morning. Um, first of all, we want to thank Don for our second successful exercise class. Um, we had a large group that did many different exercises. I'm sure people are sore today. Uh, we even learned how to balance on, on one leg, and I now do have new appreciation for flamingos. <laughs> um, but what I came up to talk about was our next class. The health ministry is presenting a class on how to deal with uh, stress, anxiety, depression. Uh, face it, the last three and a half years haven't been easy for anybody. I mean. You could just get anxiety just looking outside the windows right now. Uh, so we have a mental health counselor that is coming in on Saturday, April 23rd from 10 to 11. And he will give us different methods on how to cope with these issues. So I hope to see everybody there. Thank you. Good morning. I'll be the first one to sign up for the stress class. I looked outside today and went, Ugh, I want to go back to bed. 
Um, so following Debbie, we are having a women's fellowship meeting on the 23rd. We postponed it because of Easter. So we're having it the weekend after, but because Debbie's class is at 10 and it goes to 11, women's fellowship will follow around 1130 to give us time to set back up for from the class. So please join women's fellowship after. Hi, good morning. Uh, so today is the love languages class. It's after this service in the ministry, the children's ministry room, and it starts at 1015. So I'd love if you could join. Thank you. And now I have just a couple other announcements for you. It's quite a miracle, but our envelopes have arrived. And we didn't think it would ever happen, but they did arrive. So they are in the fellowship hall. So if you need your envelopes, grab them from the fellowship hall. If you do not have envelopes, basically anybody who gave online last year, we did not get, give envelopes to. But that doesn't mean you can't have them if you want them. So if you gave online this year, but last year, but you also want envelopes or... Or maybe you just don't have envelopes and you want some. There are extra envelopes, and then you just write your name and the number that you're taking, and then you can take those envelopes. Easy as can be. But also you're going to notice, we're about to watch a video, but today in the United Church of Christ is our one great hour of sharing day. And so the video is going to tell you about it. You also have a small flyer in your bulletin, and you have a special envelope. If you are somebody who gives online, or if you just have your bulletin and you want to scan that QR code and go to our giving to give to one great hour of sharing, all that you have to do is under the options where it says general fund just click and scroll down to one great hour of sharing and you can give that way as well why is love the greatest because love is action love is resilient love is compassionate love digs deeper goes further reaches higher Love gives and then gives some more. Love is big and love is small. One Great Hour of Sharing has been putting our love in action all around the world and right here at home for over 70 years by responding to disasters, feeding the hungry, digging wells for those who lack water, building for those who need shelter, caring for the sick, empowering the marginalized, and equipping those who are ready to change their world in the name of love, God's love. Because when all is said and done, it's love that remains. Put love into action. Give to one great hour of sharing. And now let us light our peace candle. Holy and loving God, we turn to you this morning, Lord, and we light this candle for peace. We pray, Lord, for peace in the world. We pray for peace in Ukraine. We pray for peace in our communities. We pray for peace in our hearts. We pray, Lord, that we can be instruments of your peace here in this world. Let there be peace on earth. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. sanctuary pure and holy 
please join in now for the opening litany. Come, let us celebrate the forgiving, reconciling love of God. Know that, know that God's love is lavished upon you forever. Come, let us celebrate and praise the love of God. For all those times when we have fallen short of what God would have us be, we have been forgiven. Now is the time to joyfully accept the newness of life which God offers to us. Let's open our hearts to the peace and joy of God.
Please be seated. So our reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke, the 15th chapter. And the lectionary bounces around in the 15th chapter because even though this is all one story, a lot of people would not want to read the entire 15th chapter to you on Sunday morning, but I'm not a lot of people. And I do want to read the entire 15th chapter to you on this Sunday morning because it is an important chapter and it is one that we can learn from and we should learn from. And it is one that we want to pay attention to with each and every single verse. We really need to put our listening ears on this morning and listen, listen to all of these words that we can find in the Gospel of Luke in the 15th chapter because these are powerful words. These are literally life-changing words, so we need to pay attention. So if you are ready to pay attention, if your hearts and your minds are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? amen. Starting with verse 1. Now all of the tax collectors and the sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow, meaning Jesus, welcomes sinners and eats with them. And so Jesus told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I have lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And then Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of my property that will belong to me. And so he divided his property between his sons. And a few days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine took place over the country and he began to be in need. And so he went and he hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country and he sent him to his fields to feed the pigs and he would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating and no one gave him anything but when he came to himself he said how many of my father's hired hands have bread enough to spare but here I am dying of hunger I will get up and go to my father and I will say to him father I have sinned against heaven and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son treat me like one of your hired hands and so he set off and he went to his father but while he was still far off his father saw him and was filled with compassion and his father ran and put his arms around his son and kissed him. And then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, 
quickly. Bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his fingers and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. And now the elder son, who is in the field, when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. And the slave replied, your brother has come home, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. And then the older brother became angry and refused to go in. And his father came out and began to plead with him, but, answer, uh, but he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command, yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I may celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. And then the father said to the older son, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we have to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Purify my heart, let me be as gold and precious silver. Purify my heart, let me be as gold, pure gold, refiner's fire. one desire is to be holy set apart for you Lord I choose to be holy set apart for you my master ready to do your will. Purify my heart, cleanse me from within, and make me holy. Purify my heart, cleanse me from my sin. to be holy, set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy, set apart 
join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you, Lord, this morning, and we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds, so that all that we do and all that we say, here in this place and out there in this world, can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. So let's picture what happened in Luke chapter 15, because this is all one story. So let's picture what happened in Luke chapter 15. It was the middle of the day, and imagine a much nicer day than we have today. It was the middle of a day on a nice sunny day, and Jesus was sitting in a courtyard eating lunch and inviting everyone and anyone who wanted to join him to come and to sit with him and to eat with them. And to talk with him and his disciples and so many people gathered around Jesus, the tax collectors who had been known to take extra money and to pad their pockets, came and sat around Jesus and listened to Jesus and all of the other sinners, all of those people who had deemed, who had been deemed unworthy of righteousness came and sat among Jesus and listened to Jesus. They listened to every word that Jesus had to say as they sat there with Jesus and as they ate with Jesus. But then those Pharisees, oh, those Pharisees and scribes, they came walking down the street and they saw there in the courtyard Jesus sitting with all of these unholy people. And they recognized that Jesus had some righteousness to him. They didn't fully understand who Jesus was, but they saw that Jesus was a righteous man. And so they looked at Jesus. They looked at this rabbi. They looked at this man who was righteous, and they saw him sitting with sinners. And not just sitting with them and talking with them, but eating with them, which was breaking a whole entire righteousness rule. And so the Pharisees They came walking down the street and they saw Jesus eating with sinners and talking to them. And they saw a big smile on his face as he was enjoying having these conversations with sinners. And so those Pharisees, I imagine that they walked over and they had the snootiest mean girl looks on their faces ever. They walked over with so much judgment and so much snootiness. I don't even know if I could do a face that could give that, that, that any kind of uh, example because they, gave, they went over and they had their arms crossed and they looked at Jesus and they judged Jesus. They looked at Jesus and they said, who does he think he is? Who would associate with those people? Who would associate with those unclean people? Who would dare eat with those unclean people? And so the Pharisees, they thought if Jesus wanted to talk to somebody, that it would be them. If Jesus wanted to eat with somebody, it would be them. They didn't understand why Jesus would want to talk to and eat with sinners. So the Pharisees walk over to Jesus. Now Jesus has around him all of these sinners, and now the Pharisees and the scribes have come around. And as all of these people gather around Jesus, Jesus knows what's on their heart. 
He's no, he knows those thoughts of judgments, plus he could probably read their faces as well, but he knows those thoughts that are on, uh, on the minds of the Pharisees, and so Jesus looks at all of them, and he starts to tell them a parable. A parable, by the way, is a story meant to illustrate a point, point. and so Jesus tells a parable about a lost sheep, and he said, if you were a shepherd out there in the field, and you lost one of your sheep, you would leave the 99 and go get that one lost sheep and rejoice the moment that you found it safe. And then he tells another parable, another story about a woman who lost a coin and how she lost a coin and then she swept the entire house and she lift up every corner until she found that coin. And when she found that coin, she called all of her friends and she rejoiced with them because what was lost has been found. And then Jesus tells another parable, another story. Jesus tells a longer story about a young man. This one's going to hit people closer to home in this community that he's talking to. Jesus looks around and he looks at people who have made huge mistakes, but he also looks at the Pharisees who have lived these perfectly righteous lives. And he tells this parable, this story about a man, a young man who's the younger son. So he knows he's not going to get all of his father's property. He knows he's not going to be the, the behor that's in Hebrew. Uh, behor is the one who's the oldest son who will receive everything of his father's. And so he goes to his father and he says, I want half of what's mine. You know, I want half of yours that's going to be mine. Give it to me so I can just go live my life. This is a bratty younger child, okay? We need to understand that this son in this story is, is the bratty younger child who wants to go and live his life partying and doesn't have a care in the world. And so he asks his father for half of what his father has for the inheritance that he's not supposed to get until his father dies. He asks his money for his father for that money and then he takes this money and he goes off far and wide and he lives the most ridiculous life. He goes out partying every single day. He goes out and hires some prostitutes to do some other unholy stuff. He goes out and lives this wild and crazy life this son does until everything that he has is gone, until he is poor and stuck to work as a hired hand with barely any food to eat until finally this younger son realizes how much he messed up. Finally, this younger son hits rock bottom so badly that he realized that he's messed up and he returns home to his father. He has this whole speech prepared in his head. Do you ever do that? Are you like me? Do you ever have speeches prepared in your head? You know, when you're going to say something to somebody and you want to make sure you get it just right and so you prepare what you're going to say? Well, that's what this younger son did. He's like, okay, I'm going to go home and I'm going to beg my father. I'm going to beg him to forgive me. I'm going to beg him just to hire me as one of his workers, as the lowest of his workers. And so this younger son, he starts walking and walking and walking home. And then his father sees him. And the second his father sees him, the boy doesn't need to utter a word. The second his father sees him coming home, the boy doesn't need to say a single word, but his father runs to him. His father runs to him like he has never run to anybody before. His father runs to him and embraces him and calls everybody to celebrate. His father forgives him before he even utters any words asking for forgiveness. Jesus tells this parable. And as Jesus tells this parable, all of those who have lived unholy lives... All of those tax collectors that have taken a little bit too much and padded their pockets, 
All of those people who have done things that are deemed unholy, all of the prostitutes who are gathered around because they got divorced from their husbands, not by their own desire, but by their husband's desire, and then they were left unworthy, and they were left being forced into prostitution. All of them who were gathered around, they gathered around Jesus, and they heard what Jesus had to say, and for the first time, they felt hope. For the first time, they realized that this father that Jesus was talking about was their God. They realized that this means that if this father can forgive this son, then God can forgive them, and that God can grow with them and rejoice with them and love them like they've never experienced before. But then the Pharisees were there too. The Pharisees were listening also. And when the Pharisees heard this, they, they didn't understand. Because the Pharisees had never made a mistake. They had never lived an unholy life. They had never gone off and wasted all of their father's money. They had never done anything that had been deemed unholy. So the Pharisees, they stand there next to Jesus, and they're just feeling like a lack of mercy. They don't understand why Jesus is so forgiving. They don't understand why God could possibly love someone who had sinned as much as God could love them. That's what they don't understand. They know they've lived their lives lies as righteous people and they don't understand how God could love sinners as much as God could love them. So Jesus continues with the story. Jesus continues with the parable and he talks about the older brother, the older brother who is the Pharisees, the older brother who is the Pharisees who never messed up, who never squandered his father's money, who never went off to live some crazy reckless life. The older brother is there and the older brother is angry the older brother is angry that the father could love the sinful younger brother as much as the father could love him the the older brother in this parable is the pharisees and here is what we need to understand the pharisees know what jesus is talking about the pharisees know that they're the older brother in this story and they know that they don't understand how God could possibly love any sinners as much as God loves them. And then here's what happens, and I know we're doing a whole Bible study in this class, but I tell you this is one of the most important chapters that you're going to read in the Bible. So here's what happens. It's the Pharisees, they're, they're there and they're not understanding why in the world God could ever love a sinner as much as God loves them. And Jesus is usually really harsh on the Pharisees. Normally, he's harsh on the Pharisees and he's kind of snippy back at them. He usually out Pharisees to the Pharisees to tell you the truth. That's usually what Jesus does. But in this parable, do you realize that Jesus actually speaks words of love to the Pharisees because the Pharisees are the older brothers. The Pharisees are the ones who don't understand why, why the sinful younger brother has has to be forgiven. The Pharisees are those one. And Jesus turns to these Pharisees and he says, you know what the father says to the older brother? I love you and I've always loved you. I loved you and I will always love you and I will always love you. But we just need to rejoice that your younger brother was dead and now alive. We need to rejoice that the sinners have returned 
to me. Now, here's the thing. When we read through the parable of the prodigal son, which we just read, that's the name of the parable that we just read. When we read through the parable of the prodigal son, usually we focus on the prodigal son. Usually we focus on the son who went and messed up his life so badly, and then he comes home and he's forgiven. Usually we focus on the prodigal son, and we think about the ways that we've sinned and how great it is that God can forgive us. But here's the problem with us church folks. A lot of us church folks didn't usually spend too much of our lives running off and squandering our father's money. A lot of us church folks maybe haven't messed up quite that badly. So a lot of us church folks, this is a secret, and I'm going to tell it to you. A lot of us church folks, not everybody, but maybe 50% of us church folks, when we read the parable of the prodigal son, we don't associate as much with the prodigal son as we do as who? The older brother. Anybody want to be a little honest with me? And maybe you don't associate quite as much with the prodigal son as you do with the older brother. Sometimes we feel that way. Maybe we've been in church our entire lives. Maybe we've always sat in these pews. Maybe we've tried to do what is right. And so here is the problem. There are many of us who sit in church and we don't associate with the prodigal son who is forgiven. But maybe we associate with the older brother. I'm going to tell you a story, a little confession. You know, I always like to make a few confessions to you guys. You know, I think it's always important. I'm going to tell you a little confession. There was once somebody in my life that I struggled to forgive. There was once somebody in my life that had done something that was so bad that I hated them, like literally had hatred in my heart for this person. There was somebody who had done something so wrong because they lived such a selfish life that they had done something that was so wrong that they hurt me and I hated them. I hope you've never hated anybody before, but there are times when somebody does something to you that you can't help but hate them. You can't help but just have that terrible feeling when you think of them. I hope this isn't hasn't happened to you but sometimes there are people in our lives who have done things that are so bad to us that when we think of them we hate them and if we imagine that God could forgive them it makes us a little bit angry maybe you felt this way before There are people in this world who might turn away from their sinfulness, but you know what? When they were in the middle of their sinfulness, they hurt us and they hurt other people. And it is hard when there are people who have lived these lives and not only did they mess up their own lives, but they hurt us as well. And here's the problem. When this happens and when somebody who's lived a life like that turns around and wants forgiveness, it is hard to forgive. And sometimes we can be like that older brother. And sometimes we look at somebody who sinned and who messed up and who hurt other people in the process and we see them come back into the fold of God. We see them turn away from their sins and repent and we see them want forgiveness, but maybe they hurt us so bad that we don't want to forgive them. Anybody ever had anybody in their life that they didn't want to forgive before? Sometimes people do that. They hurt us so badly that they don't, that we don't want to forgive them. And so this is what happened to me, and maybe this has happened to you. But at one point in time, you know, I was realizing that I didn't want to forgive this person, but it was weighing on my heart because this person wanted forgiveness. They were no longer leading the life that they had once lived. They had repented, and they wanted forgiveness. And eventually, Jesus made it clear to me that I was being the older brother. I was refusing to rejoice with the one who had sinned. 
I was refusing to rejoice with the one who had come back home to God. I was refusing to rejoice with the one who had repented because I had so much anger and so much hatred in my heart and that anger and that hatred was holding me down. I realized that I was that older brother. But Jesus has a way of changing us. Just like Jesus changed all of those who sat with him and listened to him, Jesus has a way of changing us. And eventually I realized that that hatred that I was holding on to, it wasn't for the new person who had repented. It wasn't for that person who had changed their life. It was for their old version, that old version of them that they had left behind. I wasn't hating the new version. I was hating the old version and that hatred was weighing me down. And so finally, thanks to Jesus, because Jesus is so good at changing our hearts. Don't you realize how good Jesus is at changing our hearts? These words that we have from Jesus, they can change our hearts Well, Jesus is so good at changing our hearts. So finally, I realized I couldn't hate the person who that that person used to be. I needed to rejoice with God that that person had been lost and now they were found. I needed to rejoice with God that that person had been dead and was now alive again. But it wasn't easy. So as we read through this 15th chapter of the Gospel of Luke, and I'm going to tell you, go home and read it again. As we read through this 15th chapter of the Gospel of Luke, we might find ourselves in this story. Maybe we're the prodigal son. Maybe we've messed up so badly we don't know if God's going to forgive us. And you know what? We need to feel God's forgiveness. Maybe we're the older brother. Maybe we haven't messed up, but somebody who did mess up hurt us. And we need to learn to forgive because we need to forgive just as God forgives We need to look through this story and find ourselves somewhere in this story. And as we look through this story and as we find ourselves either in the prodigal son or in the older brother, and you know what, throughout our lives, maybe we're going to be both. Maybe at some point we're going to be the prodigal son, then another point we're going to be the older brother. Maybe we're going to bounce around. As we look at the story and we find ourselves in this story, we need to feel God's love because God's love is for us. God loves us even if we're sinners. God loves us even if we're self-righteous. God loves us even if we've messed up. God loves us even if we have been perfectionists our entire lives. God loves us no matter what. God loves us and God wants us to be in a relationship with God. God wants us to rejoice with those who are forgiven. God wants us to know our forgiveness and God wants us to rejoice. So friends, let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, as we turn to you, Lord, and we remember the story of the prodigal son, we can picture you, Lord, sitting and talking and eating with those who were deemed sinners. We can picture you, Lord, looking at the face of the Pharisees and reminding them that they too are loved and hoping that they'll drop their judgment. We can imagine Jesus sitting there in the crowds, So, Lord, allow Jesus to enter into our lives. Let us feel the presence of Jesus in our lives. If we have sinned, Lord, let us receive forgiveness. If we have been self-righteous, Lord, let us receive forgiveness. If we have been somewhere in between, Lord, let us receive forgiveness. No matter where we have been or how we have lived in our lives, Lord, let us receive your forgiveness and your love and your mercy. And, Lord, we pray this in every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. And during the season of Lent, we will say the word sins instead of debts.
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. It is now time for our tithes and offerings. With a grateful heart, give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give And let us pray together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Two, one, two, three, four. I know he rescued my soul. His blood has covered my sin. I believe. I believe. My shame is taken away, my pain is healed in his name, I believe, I believe, I'll raise a banner. 
with the grave, my Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. I know He rescued my soul. His blood covered my sin. I believe. I believe my shame is taken away, my pain is healed in his name. I believe, I believe I'll raise a banner because my Lord has conquered the grave. My Redeemer lives, my Redeemer my Redeemer lives, you lift my burdens, now I rise with you, I'm dancing on this mountain top to see your kingdom come, my Redeemer lives, my Redeemer lives, my Redeemer lives, my Redeemer go forth with the blessing of God. Go forth with the love of Christ. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to all.